Welcome to episode 81 of Ivan Cast Podcast. My name is Ivan. I am your host, and I'm super excited about tonight's episode. Today on the show, sound artist and photographer Hiroshi Ebina. Hello, Hiroshi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. First of all, did I pronounce your name correctly? Did oh, I speak correctly? Yeah, you did. I mean, yeah. it's like nobody got my name right, to be honest. But, but <laughs> even have their own accents, and uh, that's, that's totally fine for me. So, yeah. That's great. Thank you so much. So, I am on the other side of the world. Isn't it amazing? Much, yeah. So you're, you're from Japan, right? You're in Japan right now? Right. It's Friday noon in Japan, isn't it? Right. So it's just around 12 o'clock right now. Yes, yeah, it's Friday noon. Pretty warm up here. Okay, it's pretty uh, warm. winter down there, I guess. Uh, we actually don't have seasons right here. Oh, I'm in the middle of right the earth, the I, I, I am in Ecuador. Right. So we, yeah. we don't really have, uh, like, like we have winter, you know, I'm in the rainforest, so we have a lot of rain for of sure. Yeah. So here's like crazy, you know, you have uh, really nice sunny days and then rainy days. It's kind of a mixture of both. Uh, okay. But I enjoy being here, you know, and it's very, I mean, I, I go to bed every night and wake up every day with, you know, the incredible sounds of all the animals and plants around me, you know. I'm surrounded by nature and I'm, I'm kind of deep in the rainforest. Hmm. Uh, so I created here my podcast studio and then, you know, when I listen to your music and go for a walk or something like that, it's, it's like the perfect match, you know, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, it sounds and, pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I've been, uh, I was, I was actually checking your Instagram today. I've been, uh, yeah. I like to, you know, like dive deep into my guests, Instagram and check some videos and read the descriptions and also what people say you know and it was interesting because i really you know for for a person like me who has spent a lot of time on the internet to find somebody who has created this nice atmosphere you know like like this community you have where people talk nice things and nice comments you know it's really cool <laughs> yeah and you have created that with your music isn't it yeah, that's uh, something I didn't necessarily intend to do when yeah. I was starting with my Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I got my account many, many years ago, but uh, yeah. I started posting my the video, like this mm-hmm. one minute or less video about, I don't know, like the four years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to um, um, make an excuse to create something regularly. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, you know, we often have, as an artist, we often have the time that we are not really inspired to do anything yeah. or create anything. Yeah. So um, I push myself to make something something really short every weekend or something like that cool. to explore something that I haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a quite a good exercise for me. And then um, Instagram, Instagram is kind of, a means for me to push myself to do that on yeah. a regular basis. Absolutely. And one, one thing I read a lot from people was like, you know, uh, thank you for sharing this. The world needs like this type of calming music. Uh, yeah. Is is it that what the world needs right now? Or 
you know we, we are also living crazy unpredictable times right so so do you think people are trying to look for this type of music even more than before let's say envian music let's call it now. right well i think so i hope so and then that's i mean i don't really listen to my own music but i always listen to ambient music of mm-hmm. course not the only genre of music that i listen to really but you I, always uh, have hmm? you always have or or how when, when did you start uh, composing oh, yeah. th- this type of music well probably i've been doing this over the past 10 years or so right mm-hmm. with the different kinds of instrument and i i started with like the regular guitar and then a bunch of pedals and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. first and I, I shifted to ableton and a couple other programs inside the computer mm-hmm. and um when i was living in new york several years ago i got mm-hmm. to see some of my friends using the euro like synthesizers and mm-hmm. and that kind of encouraged me to switch to the hardware synthesizer and then other other acoustic instruments and um that's what nice. i see right now so that's what you do right now yeah. right uh, but going back to your your first question um mm-hmm. yeah i i think the world needs this type of calming music and mm-hmm. that might not be the ambient music uh but well you, if you look at the, the youtube you see tons of tons of videos on um, lo-fi hip-hop or um, yeah. Yeah. study with me type of thing you know it's just like a two hours long uh, mm-hmm. video on just one guy um, you know sitting in front of a computer and then basically the sound you can hear is just the ambient sound from like right. the yeah, or right. yeah. wind or maybe this guy playing the jazz type of thing so yeah I think people spend longer time at home past couple of years so i think yeah i think there's a certainly demand for uh more calming music instead of really uplifting music mm-hmm. um, but that's my guess yeah yeah sure so um let's talk a little bit music vocabulary because i think it's necessary in order so listeners right. can understand what 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 type of instrumentation you you play i don't know if it, the correct verb will be operate because it's really cool to see your videos all the things that you you do with with all the uh, modular synthesizers and machines i love seeing that you know just to see all the cables and yeah. waves and stuff you know it's, it's totally my thing so maybe can you can you explain us maybe first of all what is a modular synthesizer there is this word also um um euro rack no euro rack right. modules tape machines I, I as i said before i read some of your descriptions you talk a lot about uh using uh, uh morphogene i don't know if i'm pronouncing this word correctly yeah, er301 nagra mm-hmm. so all those things can we maybe uh first of all get into the uh, into the the vocabulary <laughs> yeah so uh so modular synth is okay. kind of like all encompassing word to describe the the type of synthesizer that comes with different components that you uh-huh. can um, um, reassemble and mm-hmm. then adjust based on your preferences or your goals um, mm-hmm. uh, many different companies make that kind of stuff uh, Moog for example and it's been around for like 
I don't know, half a century or so. Yeah. And as the URX insider is one of those modulus insiders. And basically, you, you see a bunch of um, different companies making uh, the insider in this format. Uh, mm-hmm. So once you get the case for this URX insider, uh, you can put anything in it. You, any URX insider that made by the, all the different kinds of the synth company. Because uh, it's made in uh, with the same standard, um, so that's a that's a big advantage if you want to make something on your own, um, mm-hmm. something that um, helps you achieve your sound. Um, it does, yeah. As you pointed out, it does come with a bunch of cables because um, it um, basically when you when when you have to connect those modules, you have to use a cable to um, mm-hmm. pass around the the sound and. Uh, through those uh, oscillators and effects and all that kind of stuff. So that so that's the modular thing. That's the Ulex thing. And as I, you mentioned a okay. uh, couple of modules that I use frequently. Morphogen is one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's basically a sampler, granular sampler, that uh, basically it gets the code sound and then grab the snippet of the sound and then manipulate it to create interesting sonicscape but um i pretty much use it as looper like very simple looper with okay. uh, uh with landmines starting point type of thing so it's like it, you can look out sound and then kind of creates uh, interesting melody line that you didn't necessarily intend to and it's kind of beautiful way to discover uh mm-hmm. the new melody line the music that i'm trying to create the EO301 is kind of like, um, it says sound computer, as I have it right in front of me right now. Um, and it is in the sound computer. It's kind of like the four-track um, Ableton type of thing, because um, you can throw in a bunch of modules inside this particular module um, to create your own track, four independent track. And it's very flexible, very powerful. Um, actually, the guy making this, is in Japan, and um, I'm not quite sure where he's from, but probably American. Um, I, I got his name, it's Brian, I, whom I've never met in person before. But mm-hmm. I, I purchased it when I was living in New York, and I had it shipped from Tokyo. Oh, um, right. So that was that was an interesting connection um, cool. to yeah. this maker. Uh-huh. Um, other than that, I guess you mentioned Nagara. The Nagara, uh, yeah. Right. What's that? What's the Nagara? Nagara is uh, the tape machine. It's a quarter-inch tape machine. Oh, that's a tape uh, machine. All right. Right. And then one I have uh, probably came out about, I don't know, 60 years ago, something like that. So it's such a such an old machine and uh, that I purchased a couple of years ago on eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, price is going up quite a bit since then uh, because lots of people started using it. Yeah. And I post the videos on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, that includes me. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it does make the beautiful sound um, without, well, it does create some noise, but it has a very high quality, high fidelity sound with cool. very minimal amount of noise. But you can use it creatively as I do. For example, I make a very long tape loop um, and then play it on this machine and then add the sound on top of it. So when you bypass the erase head, 
which is uh, placed right before the recording and then playhead. Uh, yeah. Basically, you can add the sound on top of the previous recording. It's kind of like a looper. But uh, right. the beautiful thing about this is that uh, uh, every time it goes around, the, the previous recording uh, fades away a little bit. So it's kind of like looper slash delay type of thing. And when you make a long delay, I'm sorry, long loop, mm -hmm. one meter, two meter, for example, you just can make this um, really interesting soundscape that you can play on top of it. Um, mm -hmm. And then that is an interesting way to, like, it's kind of like Morphogen that I mentioned earlier. It's kind of like you kind of improvise, um, you know, the synth or the electric piano or guitar or something like that on with this machine and then create the, something that you you didn't necessarily intend to create. Uh, mm -hmm. So when you start, you know, playing around with the tape loop for um, a couple of minutes, uh, you notice that you create some sort of melody line coming out and um, that is very interesting i guess process to discover the music that i'm creating so so you are you are not using a computer anymore right everything is all, all these yeah. instruments are are analog i mean i i still use computer of course to record mm -hmm. my stuff and then you know okay. mixing and then uh, for that kind of general purposes but well, you're right. Most of the instruments I use are the hardware synthesizers and a couple of acoustic instruments. Yeah, then I'm very strict about that when it comes to the instrument choices. I have a couple of interesting software app on my iPad, but I don't really use it so often. They're a great tool, to be honest. Very, very nicely designed, but... Um, yeah, but most of the things I use are hardware. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So I guess we can imagine this, like, because I also saw you, so you play, for example, the Glockenspiel, right? Right. Or, or the Kalimba, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love the sound of the Kalimba. So the sound of the Kalimba goes to one of these uh, synths, right? The, the, the Morphogen, probably, right? Exactly, that's the this uh, sampler mm -hmm. module. That's that a sampler, right? right? And then yeah. this signal is sent to one of the other. Uh, yeah, that kind of depends on what I'm trying to achieve each time. Each time, I make, yeah. uh, so I'm trying to, to think, uh, or, um, think about the compos uh, the comp the process of your compositions, right? Uh, yeah, what we can we, what we can definitely hear in your your latest album. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I usually start from very simple idea, such as what's going to happen if I send this sound to this module and then and then this module and then yeah and then see what comes out and then um, yeah. I experiment with it. I um, it depends, but I usually don't have a very concrete idea of um, what I'm trying to achieve. Each time I compose, so mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. uh, the the module like Morphogen is kind of great too for that kind of process because yeah. you just kind of um, reshuffle the the recording and and create something new out of it. Yeah. So it's very interesting um, process if you have this kind of module. Yeah, that's that's it's totally amazing. I mean, it's it's like a totally different way to 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 perceive music, to conceive music. 
Um, mm. What does music mean to you? I mean, I, I also read that you are um, you are a gagaku performer, right? Which is right. Japanese classical music, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your musical journey a little bit. So you were born in Japan. You also you also live in New York for a while, and you have right. all this background and now creating these sounds. Uh, what does music mean to you? Yeah, well, that's kind of a big question, of course. But yeah. uh, why I say, in terms of my, I guess, experience and history uh, related to music, I guess starts from. Well, I, I picked up my first guitar when I was about twelve or thirteen, mm -hmm. and I got my first guitar, very cheap one. And then I think that was my the first exposure to any kind of instrument, other than something really stupid that you have to learn at the elementary school. Um, but uh, yeah, and then um, I started this gagaku, this traditional Japanese Japanese music, when I was fourteen or fifteen, and then been doing that since then. And then I think that's only formal quote-unquote formal education that I received in terms of my musical career. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think I did take some the guitar lesson when I was starting with it. So that was like, yeah, the 13 or 14 years old. Um, um, I went to the class and then I think I was learning very simple stuff, very basic stuff. I have to play, play the chords and the strum and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I am pretty much self-taught, and then especially since the YouTube came out, um, I learned most of my, I got most of my knowledge from the YouTube, um, and especially when it comes to music or how to create music. I take photos, so I learned lots of things from YouTube related to mm -hmm. photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, other than my Japanese music, I, um, well, with my guitar, I was, you know, trying to play rock music first. And then um, soon I shifted to the Irish music. I think that was when I was 15 years old. And there is a small, but um, um, very, I guess, lively community of Irish music players in Tokyo. Um, mm -hmm. And then I joined that when I was a high school student, and I've been Irish. You said Irish, Irish, Irish music. All right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, right. So there's a huge, um, not not huge, of course, but uh, there's a community of Irish music fans, players in Tokyo, and um, I joined that as I've said um, when I was a high school student, and I kept in that for like I don't know, like six years, seven years or so, and then I, of course, I like it, uh, but. I thought that I was not necessarily good at playing it. So, uh, but I, I think I've been, I've always been a big fan of the ambient music in general. Mm -hmm. um, throughout my, I guess, I'm not quite sure when I started listening to ambient music, uh, but at least when I was in the college already, I, I was already listening to, you know, Brian Eno and Rich Sakamoto, and then oh yeah, Brian Eno, you know. those 
those uh, very popular people with music. Um, and I didn't really, uh, at the beginning, I didn't really think of um, creating something on my own, my own original ambient music. But uh, I think that was when um, I first listened to Taylor Dupree's music. Uh, he's a uh, he's the owner of the the very popular label called Trev K, and mm-hmm. he often um, collaborated with uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto. Um, I had the chance to listen to his music. I think when I was um, let's see, yeah, maybe twenty or twenty one years old, and then I I part. It's um, very interesting because um, it's very minimum, but the soundscape is so rich. And um, so I was like, um, um, I was, to be honest, surprised to see uh, how much you can achieve with this very selected um, minimum amount of instrumentations. Um, And that is. Um, I guess the starting point um, that, uh, that, inc- that his music kind of encouraged me to create something on my own because mm-hmm. I thought that would be something I can make on my own because in terms of like, the, the number of instruments he uses, it's, it's very simple because it, it sounds like it, he uses the two or three instruments at any given moment. Mm-hmm. So I thought of doing the same on my own, and then it turned out to be very difficult <laughs> to create interesting music with limited amount of instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and then I think I kept doing that since then because um, I'm I'm still learning, of course. Um, it's always um, um, learning process uh, yeah. whenever I try to create something new. Oh yes, yeah, it, it, I, I can keep doing it because it just never ends. It just um, every time I try something new, it just teaches me uh, something I never noticed before. So um, yeah, that's that's why I keep going. Awesome, cool. And and are you? Because because I haven't, but I didn't see any of these classical Japanese instruments in your videos. Do 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 you do you play them regularly? Yeah, I, I do actually. Um, I, I play the wind instrument, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, well, I mean, it had to be when you want to play this musical gagaku, you have to be multi-instrumentalist because you have to pick at least one instrument and one string instrument, and there are like three different kinds of the the percussions, and you have to you have to be able to play them all, and mm-hmm. you also have to learn how to dance and how to oh. sing. Um, so you kind of have to um, master, at least you, you, you are encouraged to master all of them, which is kind of a weird thing, because if you think of, I don't know, the opera, for example, in in, in a Western tradition, yeah. Um, yeah. it's just like one musician have to learn how to play the violin, how to sing and act and you know conduct and yeah, all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't really happen in... Uh, in the Western tradition, but that's what we have in in Japan. That you, you have to you have to have an understanding of pretty much everything that's happening in the music. Wow, amazing! Gagaku, right? Right. G a g a k u. Yeah, so you have to learn all that uh, uh, when you, when you are in school. 
Right. Well, I, I didn't really learn it at school, but yeah, I went to, I, I joined a couple of this, the Gagaku group in, in Tokyo. And then um, one of them has、um, had a teacher coming from the Imperial Household Agency.、Um, so they, the, my teacher and many others working at this agency serves the emperor, the imperial family in Japan.、Um, Um, they often have like a Shintoistic、uh, ceremony, so they have to pray along with it.、Um, when they, were,、um, they play not just Kagaku, but also the Winston instrument. So, whenever they have the guests from outside Japan, they have to play the national anthem with, I don't know, violin or piano or something like that. So, that's the job. And, and I, I was lucky enough to、uh, study Kagaku、uh, from one of them. Um, when I was younger, about 10 years ago, so I think.、Mm-hmm. So, your latest album, It Just Is, is out now? Yeah, um, it, it, um, I think it came out about. I'm trying to remember when it came out. I think it was April or something like that.、Yeah. You have put a lot of music already out, right? Checking all your. Well, your, I all your discography. It's a lot. I already have a couple of music, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, what was your approach when you、uh, composed、uh, your, your latest album? Yeah.、Uh, so, my latest album, it just is.、Um, I think I was.、Um, I, I had this idea of creating an album. Um, using acoustic instrument. Yeah. Not, not just, now, no electric instruments. So、um, I limit myself to acoustic instruments and manipulate them using Morphin, that's the module that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Or the tape machine. And I create an interesting、um, sonic scape. So that was my goal and the starting point. Cool. So, Yeah, and then I, I think I use so many different kinds of processing、um, throughout this album, but then not everything actually sounds like acoustic instrument, but,、uh, but they are indeed coming from the acoustic instrument. It could be acoustic guitar or kalimba or the glockenspiel,、um, mm-hmm. a piano.、Um, and then I turn them into something more. Something that sounds more like thin slider at the end. And yeah, that, that was the process. And I, in terms of the concept,、uh, I wrote about that a little bit on this Bandcamp page. But yeah, I, I tried to、um, detach any meaning or my thought、mm-hmm. uh, that.、Um, Often come along with this creating album process. Because,、yeah. you know, it's just when you're trying to create something,、um, could it be album or could it be the song?、Yeah. Uh, you, you have something that you want to express. It could it be your yeah, thought、right. or idea or、um, uh, something you're having trouble with. It, it depends. Uh, but uh, I, I want to say that it has no meaning behind this music.、Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of like this,、um, I guess, a pop art or the minimal art 
that came out in the 60s to 80s. There's a, yeah, it's kind of like the the artwork itself does not have meaning, but it's all about the relation between this artwork and then and listener in this case. So the old interpretation is valid, equally valid, and I have nothing to add or collect to each interpretation. So that's that's kind of like that's kind of my um, the basic idea for this album. The concept of the album, yeah, that sounds great. It's really, I, I you know, I, th- I think it's it's an it's an album you have to kind of connect with in order to really enjoy the whole. As you said before, you you only use acoustic instruments in it. Yeah, um, and and that is it's just so amazing. You know, I I, I had an an amazing experience when I listened to your album for the first time, and. Um, yeah, as you said before, the interpretation, it's for the listener, basically, no? You don't get yeah, exactly. it from, from a cathartic perspective, but more for just put it out there for the listener, right? Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of disappear behind this sound and then I not try to um, show my ego by yeah. making this album and playing yeah. this particular music. And then, yeah, I hope I was successful in terms of that. Great, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking about when 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 I when I thought about your, your latest album and the concept of the album. Like, uh, mm. I, I thought about uh, a lot about starting meditating. I, do you meditate? Are, I, I are you do. Meditating? Yeah, you do. Exactly. Yeah. Are Are you also a religious person? Well, I don't practice anything myself but uh well if i have to choose one i i, I think it's fair enough to say i'm a buddhist because i'm mm-hmm. i have the longest history of um you know joining the rituals and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. if, if you're in japan if you're born in japan and you have family here chances are um you have opportunities to join some sort of buddhist or the shintoist mm-hmm. festival or the rituals in your life uh, but I have, um, when I was at the college and um, the graduate program, I was studying religion. So that was my speciality. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I studied different, so many different kinds of religions, both old and new. And then I also studied art history um, as a minor. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's kind of like my educational background. Mm-hmm. I, um, as I mentioned before, I, I like to dive on my guest Instagram and one of your photos was really interesting and uh, I want to quote uh, what you wrote in the description. You said, uh, I feel bad for today's kids since it's almost like we are actively encouraged them to ignore charm in the physical world and force them to stick to computer generated objects. Um, can can we have some context on this picture? Do you know? Do you remember what picture I'm talking about? Right. I think that was well, not because it was a uh, the photo or the video that I posted, but yeah, I think it, I was talking about. Uh, I think I was talking about Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. That's video. And then, right, and then um, I'm not sure if it has if it has anything to do with my music, but yeah, I was watching. <laughs> I just happened to see this latest the Thomas the Tank Engine um, that. 
uh, is available right now. That one that the kids right now watch it, and it's pretty much everything is CGI. If we have yeah. seen it, yeah. and then uh, to be honest, it's kind of creepy to see all that kind of facial expressions. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. With, yeah, yeah. It's the latest technology. You know, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm telling you this because I've been thinking a lot about lately, uh, lately about you know, um, also the role music is playing in, in in the newer generations, like it's, uh, it's something more like it is in the background, you know, music, mm. and uh, I know it's just the the zeitgeist of of our of our time, the the you know the the spirit of our time right now, yeah, you know, like. We are attached to our computers and cell phones, mm. and it, it seems like we are just—it's uh, like we are programmed to just develop into more and more technology. You know, we need the the latest things, right? So, uh, so I was thinking that the role of music in that context, and think about yeah, what is... I mean, well, as I have said, when it comes to creating music, I try not to use any computer or software mm -hmm. of any kinds. And I use my computer just to record the sound. It's kind of like this 8-track, uh, um, 4-track, old-school 8-track machine that people used to use before the computer came in. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then the, the things I do with my computer is pretty basic, just much track recording and then a couple of effects such as you know EQ and then compression, all that kind of stuff. Pretty mm -hmm. simple. Very simple stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Um, when it comes to um, this, it doesn't have to be Thomas the Tank Engine, but any kinds of uh, um, kids show happening right now, I think pretty much, pretty much everything is done using computer. And I think, it, I think it's done for a reason, because I think it's more efficient less time-consuming and then more budget-friendly when you make everything using computer computer graphics. Because mm. um, if you think about back in the days, people had to make this uh, tiny models for the, each locomotives. Yeah, uh, it's crazy, the right? Tank, Thomas the Tank Engine and the, in those tiny figures and all the rails. And then, um, and then you have to film them uh, in the studio. And then yeah. I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure it was very time consuming to do that. But yeah. when you, I mean, that's something I took for granted, not just me, but everyone uh, took for granted when we were actually watching it like a couple of decades ago. Uh, and then when you compare what we had back then and what we have right now, uh, the difference is very striking because you can feel with, with the, this previous version of. There's Thomas the Tank Engine. You, you can feel the warmth, um, the tangible mm -hmm. feeling of mm -hmm. this actual object moving around on the rails, and you know, this this eyes are moving, and then um, it's very primitive in terms of uh, the technology, but mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. more. Um, I don't know. It just it, it feels more human um, to me, and I think that's what's um, we are missing right now because we, we we try to make everything more efficient and then yeah, um, um, yeah and as easy as possible. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, especially since this COVID came in, um, we've been talking mostly online. Um, people have yeah. less chance to. Right now, it's coming back to normal a bit by bit, mm -hmm. but uh, mm -hmm. over the past two years, we had very small chances to see each other, and then basically we minimize our interaction to this online communications. Um, yeah. So I think this interaction with the physical world is, um, I guess, something we miss the most. And then I think when it comes to my own life, I think I, I do appreciate um, the actual object instead of something that generated by a computer. So yeah, I, I when when it comes to my instrument, I love my synthesizer because I have actual knobs and slider with all the kind of stuff. It has yeah. like different colors and shapes, and then I, I I feel it with my fingers, and I can see it, and then I think it mm -hmm. does affect the way I create music because that's just the visual, and then yeah, uh, yeah the visual information or this the feeling I have on my fingers uh, could be the source of uh, inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. But what do you think is going to be the future of music in terms yeah. of, I mean, like, let's say pop music, it's going to be the same as it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago? I mean, it's, it's getting harder and harder to monetize music because mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, it's very, very difficult to um, make people on the street to understand that uh, you actually have to pay for music. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, yeah, you, you know, people, people get the Spotify and the Apple Music, but uh, the price per song or album on those streaming platforms is like, close to zero. Yeah. Um, inf it's right. infinitely small. So, um, I guess people, especially younger people, don't really um, um, have this basic understanding that there's a people actually making those kind of music. Um, and then you kind of have to pay for it to appreciate the music that you want to listen to. Um, and then I, I think I'm part of the problem because, yeah, I, I do subscribe up in music and it, it, it is a great way to um, um, like uh, listen to and then discover new artists, and then I wish, yeah, for students, for example, I think it's a great way to, you know, keep keep discovering new, new music because you have to pay the price for the one album per month, and they basically have access to all the music that is out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's indeed good opportunities for small artists like me because. You don't really have to have this uh, the big distribution channel to uh, release your music. So yeah, it, it, there's a potential to be so many so many people out there using um, this latest downloading or streaming platforms. But so yeah, I think there's pros and cons uh, when it comes to this this latest digital media. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, uh, but people can actually buy your 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 albums uh, in in cassette form, right? 
They do, and, and I, I, I do yeah. really appreciate that. Uh, you can buy cassettes. That's amazing. Mm. I mean, this is, it's kind of like, it's interesting time because, you know, um, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, it was basically um, the golden era of this the pirate music. Yeah. Episode and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And then I think people were started thinking that the actual like CDs and um, the vinyls will be just gone from the market completely. And then it is indeed we don't really have like tower records or um, other CD shops anymore on the street. But I it kind of came back in the different ways because nowadays people um, use vinyl. Yeah, kind of cassettes on purpose because uh, it has like a d different term that uh, the digital um, file, mm -hmm. digital files mm -hmm. do not have, and uh, they love the vinyl because it has that has a tangible, it, it, it is a tangible object, and then comes with a, a different kind of sound that uh, the digital files cannot create. And the same can be said for the cassette because it has like it has a cassette sound. And of course, tangible one is, is, is correctable um, as a physical object. Um, so I think, if I remember correctly, the sales of the vinyl in the US is actually bigger than the sales of CD right now. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I think it's, it's an interesting era that the people um, kind of shift into this hybrid format i think it's not just about analog not just about this digital the computer people enjoy both and then somehow they bring both words into the same world um so i think they kind of coexist right now yeah mm -hmm. so and and how do you are you making music all the time? Do, do you also make money as a sound artist, as a sound designer? Because I saw yeah, you also I mean, make some music for, for commercials and stuff like that. No? Right, I, I do. But that's been mm -hmm. my side job. I have my day job. And then mm -hmm. um, I, I just, I've been making music um, when I have the free time. But uh, yeah, um, luckily I have uh, um, some good uh, labels out there that mm -hmm. I have interest in, mm -hmm. in my music. And I also have um, chances to do some sort of commercial works mm -hmm. in the past few years. And I, I do appreciate that kind of opportunities. Because uh, I mean, I started doing it just for fun. And uh, right now, yeah, yeah, it came to the point where I can call this as my side job. So and cool. I don't take it for granted. Cool. But you have a main job, so. Yeah, that's right. take care. The, the job that takes care of my finances and I put the food on the table. But with that, I can uh, focus on my music without really worrying about the, the financial side of my life. So yeah. I think that is very, um, I think that is very essential to create music actually, because, um, you know, if, if it is in, indeed my job, um, I guess the creating music is not going to be fine anymore. Because I have to worry about uh, my paychecks, yeah. um, 
so yeah, ha having this uh, the stable financial sources kind of gives me the peace of mind and the motivation to uh, the create music in Chance my to, yeah. to explore all those sounds. And you are also into photography too, right? Yeah. Cool. Also taking photos with phones. I yes, I think I started taking photos with my iPhone yeah. when I was a when I was a the graduate students. And yeah. then I started having fun with those different kinds of filters. And then I thought I should get the actual camera. And then I've been using my digital camera since then. But I think I think that was like four years ago, something like that. I switched to the film camera. And right now, it's, like how, it's kind of like a film camera renaissance that is happening in many parts of the world. Nice. And you see like tons of YouTube channels focusing on the film camera and how to use the film camera and all that kind of stuff. So I was definitely influenced by that. And I grabbed my first film camera, got the second one and the third one. And yeah, um, um, I think this is another interesting example of this, this um, digital analog hybrid format. Because mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah I, I take photo using my film camera, but I scan the film, the negative, using my scanner and, um, and then process it using my Lightroom and then Photoshop. So um, it's, it's kind of interesting marriage between this analog format and the digital tools. And then I, I enjoy the whole process. Um, and I, I definitely get inspired to take more photos when I grab my uh, the film camera. And that is something that I don't really I don't really find when I when I grab my digital camera. Um, Hiroshi, listen, it's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for your thanks so much for your time, sharing all your experiences and, and the way you you make music. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That that's that was really cool. I, I would love to end the show uh, by reading one other of, of, of your descriptions that I saw in one of your photos that also catch my attention, that caught my attention. You said, uh, my conviction is that time is ultimately our illusion. Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so there's no way that I can pretend that I'm a quantum physicist or anything, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> yeah. but I do enjoy reading or hearing. Yeah. Me neither, but I also enjoy thinking yeah, and talking I, about it. I, I, I do enjoy reading and listening to all the stories related to the quantum physics and, and how the universe is created. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the time is illusion because there's no uh, consistent time that flows in the same speed throughout the universe. Because um, the time is slower um, on this planet Earth. And then it's a, it goes slightly faster up there in outer space. So in fact, if you spend, say, a whole year in this space station, you basically uh, travel into the future by 0. 0, 0.01 second or something like that. You just can calculate it based on this the gravity. Um, the strength of gravity or the lack of it. Um, so it's a very interesting concept to notice. 
that uh, you know the time is always moving forward. But uh, yeah, this is not as universal as it seems, and then um, basically there's no way to measure time because we we sort of recognize time based on say how flower grows or the the kids getting bigger or the how we age or the sun comes up and go down. That's how we process time. But that's uh, uh, we, we, we're just processing. Uh, we're just observing those process uh, of things changing. And yeah, the, but there's no time. There's no there's no ways for us to experience this movement of time itself. We just we just observe those changes and pass them together inside our brain and recognize it as time. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and ideas, Hiroshi, tonight on the podcast. Um, everybody go and check out uh, Hiroshi's music. On People can actually buy your music on Bandcamp? Yes, they can, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> or stream to your music, I guess, on all music platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Quiet, intimate sounds from Japan. Thanks so much, Hiroshi. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.